Estelle Choi, welcome to All Classical Portland to talk about the Calidor String Quartet's new recording, Babel. Hi. Thanks for having me. Now, in the press release for Babel, uh, one of the one of the comments that you shared was that you're hoping, or you you like to see this new recording as a way to connect with your listeners at a time when you're not able to do so in the conventional sense, as with so many musicians around the world, um, using a recording in this case as a way to communicate some of your your ideas through this music. Mm-hmm. I think we've all, many of us have turned to recordings, videos, uh, to enlighten us in some way and to provide that uh, that element of connection uh, across, you know, across the country, across the world, um, as we feel, as we've been feeling so isolated. And I think being able to provide the world with with some music to reflect on um, is especially important right now as we all learn to listen in a different way. Um, I've found personally that uh, with with everything that's going on, um, it's easy to kind of get caught in this funnel of hearing this conflict, but then not really hearing what people are saying uh, and not hearing other points of view. Um, so this, at least for me, um, this recording means a lot in that respect, um, just having the opportunity to listen and come up with your own point of view from that. Estelle, would you be able to tell me if the concept for this album grew out of the events of this year, both in terms of the impending election, but also the pandemic, or had you guys been actually working on a concept of music expressing words through its own language for some time? Yes, well, this was actually recorded uh, in April 2019. So uh, it's been in, in the works for quite some time. We knew that we wanted to incorporate this idea, this transcendence of language, and it sort of grew out of that. One of the anchor pieces I would say in particular is the Caroline Shaw. Um, Her inspiration for that particular work really spurred the questions that led us to decide on the Schumann 41 number three and the Shostakovich nine. Her take on how we translate the sort of lilt and flow that we all have as we speak to one another. How do you translate that into music? She has an incredible gift for transitions, um, so she she can embody those tangents that we often take as we're speaking um, and how we maneuver back into sort of the thesis of what we're trying to come across. And then from that, she actually took a lot of influence from what was happening around her. The first essay um, out of the three essays was actually written in 2016 and premiered on very close to uh, the election um, in November. And it was uh, an important moment, I think, in our history, in American history, um, where we came to terms 
with both being either surprised or seeing how things can unfold um, unexpectedly. So she took that into effect writing that particular movement. So I think we started from that long-winded way of saying we started from there and expanded outwards. Uh, with the Schumann, uh, Knowing Schumann's complete adoration of Clara Schumann, uh, his uh, wife-to-be, um, he actually himself encountered many difficulties in, uh, in allowing that relationship to come to fruition. Uh, he dealt with a lot of family uh, pressure, uh, wanting him to um, disregard the relationship. Um, and so it is through this music that he wrote in such a fruitful time in his life that he really expresses his deepest and innermost feelings for Clara. And it's throughout the movement, you know that this is really a, a gift for her. With the Shostakovich, uh, this particular piece is quite fascinating in a, in a number of ways. It's five movement work, quite extended. But you hear the, the stifling of Shostakovich's voice, the way that he had to express his feelings in a very, in a somewhat covert, co covert way through this particular string quartet. Um, so he takes us from these moments of great despair to these dance-like figures, often ironic in a sense. And so it's this sort of push and pull, this idea that you want to say what you want to say, but there are these outside forces that are inhibiting you from speaking your true voice. 
I always find Shostakovich really fascinating for that very reason, that he was almost mm -hmm. sending subliminal messages to the people in his circle who knew exactly what he was saying. And he was somehow able to say Absolutely. it out to an audience where some of those in the audience were part of the Politburo, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if they got it, they didn't say anything. But, mm -hmm. um, but more likely, it seems that maybe they they didn't get it because it was just too subtle. That's just my mm -hmm. my thought, my opinion on that. Mm -hmm. And what a gift. Um, and, and imagine writing music in a time where you're stifled in that way, where you have to you have to come up with these incredibly clever um, means to get the message across. Um, the amount of pressure to deal with in that situation, I can't imagine as an artist. Um, you know, it, it's hard enough to to do what we do as it is, but then to have that additional political pressure um, to execute something that isn't 100% yourself. I had the opportunity earlier this week working from home because I only come into the office to do recordings like this a couple of times a week. The rest of the time I'm at home to put the Calador <laughs> String Quartet CD on and just let it play while I did other work. So I was, you know, I was listening to it uninterrupted. And I, I would have to admit that, well, I know the famous string quartets and I know that Schumann wrote three. I'm probably not terribly familiar with Schumann's string quartets and I always feel like I should give it a little bit more time so I finally did with the one on your on your recording and and uh, found it to be a really enjoyable and deeply felt work and oh. the the Shostakovich years and years ago I bought a complete set of them with the Borodin Quartet playing them and over the course of about two weeks I just binged on Shostakovich quartets <laughs> but I think the, the bad thing about binging is that when you come out at the end of it it's all just kind of a wash in your in your mind so listening to just that one on your recording it stood out more and I was able mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. focus more just on that quartet um, and mm -hmm. I would I would say get the meaning of the work better that way completely agree um, and even even for us as a quartet to listen to our own recording knowing that you know that was that was us that you know we went through that process um, you know we actually recorded it in the UK and even coming back listening to it you hear it completely differently in one sense it's a it's a snapshot really it's almost like a photograph of, of that time it's hard to imagine a time uh, before before the pandemic but that's really what it was. And now to listen back, thinking about the Schumann and how it really is a love letter to to his wife, Clara. I think in a sense, now it, it almost feels like a love letter to each of us, um, sort of cementing our, you know, our love for the string quartet repertoire, our love for what we do, and I think our love for each other and our appreciation of each other to be able to have something like that to 
commemorate the collaboration between the four of us. Um, I, I feel very lucky to have that, uh, to be able to kind of even physically hold the CD in the hands um, and realize that that work really went into that. Um, and and with the, the Shostakovich listening, thinking back to the recordings that I've heard of that, along with the Bordines, um, I remember very vividly the Emersons especially playing that Shostakovich and just being completely floored thinking how how will we ever play this piece how will I ever play that piece um and then to be able to put it all together um it always seems so unattainable unattainable when you're first starting a piece like that uh, so yeah I think I think we're all proud of having put that all together and being able to present that um, to the world now, showing our take at that particular moment. Um, and who knows, I'm sure things will change, you know, 10, 10 years down the road. I think even today, uh, when we come back to the Schumann, we play it a little differently. Um, when we come back to any of those pieces, really, um, it's so fascinating how they evolve and change over time. But I think the, the pandemic has, uh, I, at least for myself, has taught me to to be nicer on myself, I think, to be more forgiving and to realize that there's so much work and sacrifice that has been involved in, in building this career and creating these recordings. And now I think it's the time to appreciate that work and to, you know, cut yourself some slack and uh, just enjoy. Um, enjoy things that you can at the moment um, because there are so many things that really are out of our reach um, because of everything that's been happening in the world. Well, Estelle Choi, thank you so much again for your time today. Estelle Choi, the cellist of the Calador String Quartet. The CD is Babel, and we're looking forward to sharing that recording, this music, on all classical Portland. Thank you so much, John. All right, have a good day, and as we keep saying to one another, stay safe. <laughs> Same to you. Take care. Thank you.